what I what I am going to do this last time, the last class. And by the way, I have these five membership ballots if you want them. But I want to profess faith to the children. Uh, so I want to tell you, and I've even taken notes, because there are certain things I want to make sure I, I share with you guys. So I'm done with this book. I've been using the Confessing Christ book. Um, it's a good resource. I only use the first five chapters. I think there are seven or eight chapters, seven chapters. Um, but the first five chapters follow with the first five vow, the, the five vows. So it's a great resource. I'm done with that. Uh, we will do the class again in the spring or the fall. Uh, if it's the same people, I might do it a little differently, but it's kind of going to be the same thing. Like we got to get those, the first principles of Christianity deep in your heart so that you can, you know that you can say them back. Not just because I'm teaching you what to say. See, that's a problem, guys. <laughs> you just go to the session and you just, you tell them what your parents or the pastor told you to say. It needs to be in your own heart so that you believe it and then you can say it for yourself. But I'm helping you to see what a Christian is and then you can examine your heart and see if that's what you believe. Well, I'm a Christian and I hope that you are Christians too and if not, then that God will save you and that you will be able to say, I'm a Christian too. But always remember this, I'm a preacher, I'm the pastor um, and there's a lot of formality that surrounds the office. I stand in the pulpit and preach and I give the sacraments, but I'm also just an ordinary person. And uh, there was a famous minister that preached a sermon called The Dangers of an Unconverted Ministry. Can anyone tell me what, what you think that means, the dangers of an unconverted ministry? Duncan? The danger of telling wrong things. Not exactly. It's a little bit of a strange way of putting it. So, what, Grace, go ahead. That's it. That's it. If the pastor isn't a Christian, that's a problem. Uh, and guess what? A lot of pastors aren't Christians. They're just drawn to the ministry because they're interested in theology and they like and they want to help people. And so that's what draws them. But they're not actually saved. In order to be a true minister, you must be a Christian first. And so always remember that I'm a Christian, too. And that my Christianity is more important to me than anything else. It's more important to me than the ministry. I could lose the ministry, but would I still be a Christian? Yep. And if you're a Christian, can, can you ever lose your salvation? Nope. All right. So, I'm going to profess faith to you. And as I say, always remember, the Christian is a pastor first. So, I'm sorry, David. Uh, that was my daughter. Um, all right. So... Let me tell you something about myself as a child. I don't, I, let's see, I can see the time up there. So it's, it's 35. Again, I'll try to keep this to 15 minutes, although I'm already into the time a little bit. Here's the first thing about myself I want you to know, children. That I grew up in church, and guess what? I hated church. Do you know that when we used to sing hymns that I would lie on the pew and I refused to stand up and sing them? So, <laughs> it's true. You'll never look at me the same, will you, Grace? <laughs> I want you to understand how radical conversion can be. When God saves a person, you go from hating church to loving the church so much, sometimes you even God calls you to be a minister. But I hated church. I thought it was so boring, I couldn't stand it. And my mom was so embarrassed. Could you imagine if one of you, uh, you laid on the pew and wouldn't stand up and sing the song? In fact, if that were true, I might speak to you. So, I love to see the children standing up and singing, but there's a dirty little secret which you now know about me. 
So I definitely was not saved at an early age. I was very hostile to Christianity. Not only that, but I was especially sinful. I, I don't know why. I, maybe it was because my parents were divorced. But I committed all kinds of sin, lots of bad sins. As a young boy, like 9, 10, 11, uh, so around the age of many of you, as my parents were divorced around 7 or 8, and I just did a tailspin into all kinds of sin. So I hated church, and frankly, uh, I, I hated, uh, well, I loved sin. That's a better way to put it. I hated church and I loved sin. But something changed when I was 13. I went to a, a Christian camp, not because it was Christian. I just went to the camp, and it happened to be Christian. It was a sailing camp. And there was a camp counselor who was my camp counselor whose name was Dave. And Dave shared the gospel with us in a very, very simple way. Uh, and uh, his basic message was going through the Bible. He opened the Bible with all of us. And his basic message was two things. All right. And it, it comes down uh, to, to, to this. All of the lessons boil down to this. You are a sinner. And you need a savior. And I guess I'd add a third point. And Jesus is the only savior. And the amazing thing that happened to me, I had heard that message many times before. And I never believed it. I thought I did, but I didn't. I, even in my heart, I knew I didn't really believe it. I thought maybe in my mind uh, that must be true. But nothing changed in my life. But somehow when Dave told me that, my whole life was changed. Uh, I even broke down and wept in tears. I could tell at that moment that God saved me. When I heard the message of the gospel that time, I really did believe it. Now, who gave me faith? This is very important, children. Who gave me faith? Did I decide in that moment, I'm going to be a Christian now? I, I didn't want to be a Christian. Don't you see that? Who gave me faith? Yes, James. God gave me faith in that moment. If you're a Christian, it's because God made you a Christian. When Jesus says you must be born again, did you decide to be born the first time? You just were born. It's something that happened to you. You showed up on the earth, and so there you were. Christianity is the same way. You must be born again. God enters your life. He transforms it. He gives you faith. Now I heard the message and I believed it. My whole life was changed. But here's the interesting thing that happened. I'm just professing faith to you guys. I'm telling you what happened to me and my experience Again, these are the kinds of things you need to do when you profess faith to the session. You need to tell us what your experience of God's grace is. Remember how I said I love sin a lot? Guess what I found out? Sin didn't go away. When I was saved at 13, I continued to sin a lot. Actually, I want to set that aside for one moment. There was, there's one thing I want to say before I get to the struggle. So I said that I now loved God and I loved the gospel. What I found now that I was converted at 13 is that I began to, to devour scripture. I was reading the Bible all the time. I loved the Bible. I even found that I loved to go to church. That's amazing. And I even liked sermons. I like to listen to them. I've always been fascinated with sermons ever since I became a Christian. My great interest has been in sermons. I would listen to sermons in church. I would listen to sermons at home on the television. Uh, in fact, Charles Stanley, you know who Charles Stanley is. I would listen to his sermons every Sunday night at 8 p.m. at my home. I loved sermons. But I will tell you this. I hated sermons that weren't on the Bible. Here I'm a new Christian and I'm saying, give me the Bible. I don't give, I don't, I don't give uh, two cents about your, about your stories. 
about pop culture. Don't tell me about the movie you just saw. Give me scripture. From a young Christian, that's always been my conviction, I began to read books. I began to talk about God constantly. There's a man, uh, I think it's Horatius Bonar, who says, uh, a polite person will say, never trouble anyone with your religion. But a true Christian will always trouble someone with their religion. When you become a Christian, uh, sometimes you start to lose your friends. And you even start to annoy your family. You're talking about it so much. Especially if your family isn't a Christian. uh, A Christian family. Uh, so I'm talking about God. I used to go on walks and I would pray. I found that I was praying all the time. But there were three big struggles in my life. I got ahead of myself a moment ago. The biggest struggle was I knew I was converted. I didn't have any doubt about it. I was so happy that Jesus died for my sin. I told you I even cried. Now, as a 13-year-old boy, I'm in my bedroom weeping. That's a little bit embarrassing, isn't it? <laughs> but I was so overcome that he died for me that I could not... I could not contain my overwhelming joy. Uh, so I'm admitting to you that I did that. Do you know in my office sometimes I'll cry a little bit? Uh, I, the gospel is so precious. Uh, and I am so amazed that God saved my sins, saved me from my sins when I deserve something far worse. But I continue to struggle with three things as I'm reading my Bible, listening to sermons, praying all the time. Sin was a big, big, big problem in my life. When I was converted, all those sins I was committing, they didn't all go away at once. Uh, That was a big, big problem for me. I didn't know what to do about it because I knew that I was saved. I didn't understand why I was still committing these sins. It's like Paul says, if you ever read Romans chapter 7, he says, I do the things I don't want to do and the things I want to do, I don't do. And he's speaking as a Christian. I want to obey the law of God, but here I'm breaking it all the time. I don't understand myself. That was my experience. And so I was struggling mightily. And I kept falling back into sin as a young man and a young Christian, even though I was doing all the right things. Well, something happened. And again, this is my experience of grace. It won't necessarily be your experience of grace. But I'm just giving you an example of how you how you share this with the session. And you see, you're not just giving the doctrinal points when you meet with the elders. You're saying, I'm a Christian. God saved me. So you give your, your testimony. When I was 15, so this is two years later. Something amazing happened in my life. I prayed to God. This isn't a formula for you to follow, but I prayed to God. I said, God, I'm tired of sinning. I want you to take this sin out of my life. And it was several sins. And amazingly, he did. I can't explain it to you, but all of that sin that was bothering me. And when you're older, I can share some of those sins with you. They all left, all of them. And I left them behind. Uh, it was his grace. It wasn't me. It wasn't me deciding I don't want to do these things. Because when I was before I was converted, I loved to sin. After I was converted, I hated to sin, but I couldn't stop. You see the difference? But I kept doing it. But I couldn't stop. I had no power. I prayed to God. He delivered me out of them all. Instantaneously, miraculously. Sometimes people call that a second experience of grace. If you're a Christian, you'll have a second, a third, a fourth. You will have high, high points in your life where God enters in and he, he, he answers a prayer very, very powerfully. And you should always expect him to do those sorts of things in your life. So, so when I was 15, in fact, it was such a radical transformation that I thought maybe I wasn't a Christian when I was 13 and maybe now I'm finally a Christian. But now that I have enough time to reflect on it, I think... That that was a new stage in my life. It wasn't that I wasn't a Christian when I was 13, but now God brought me to a higher plane. There's a story in one of the 
Uh, one of the miracles, Jesus heals a man's eyes. And then he said to him, can you see? Does anyone remember what the man said when he healed his eyes? He says, I see men, but they are as trees walking. And what he was saying is, I can't quite see clearly yet, Jesus. And so he heals him a second time, and then he sees clearly. And so my testimony is that's what God did to me. Is he healed me, but only it was a partial healing. I don't know why he did that. But the second time he came, he came fully. That's my testimony. I'm not telling you that that is what you need to tell someone else. Um, So, the second time he came, I saw clearly. The first time he came, I only saw partially. Second struggle that I had, and this was a big struggle for me. Again, I'm reading the Bible, I'm praying. Now, this is between 13 and 15. I was struggling about Jesus. I knew that I loved him. I knew that I loved his word. But was he really the only way to the Father? I knew that he had saved me, but I thought, can God save people in other ways too? Can God save someone through Muhammad? That's Islam. No, don't don't nod to that, William. <laughs> it's okay, bud. It's okay. Uh, the answer... The answer is no, but as an early Christian, you might begin to wonder, is Jesus really the only way? And is the Bible really the only true Bible? There are other, uh, there are other religious books that you might read. You could read the Quran. You could read other religious books. I had friends who were Muslims, uh, and they were incredibly devout. And they seemed almost like me. I'm like, they're turning from sin. They're pursuing God. They're praying. How am I any different from them? How do I know I'm saved and they're not? But it wasn't about me and it wasn't about them. It was about Jesus. That was the real question. Was he the only savior so that a devout Muslim was still going to hell because he wasn't following Jesus? How did I how did I resolve that struggle? Well, in the same way as the first, what did I do? I prayed. Is Jesus a real person? Where is he now? Mm-hmm. And does he hear our prayers? Yes. Does he answer our prayers? Yes. So if Jesus is a real person, he hears our prayers and answers our prayers, can we talk to him? Yes. Yes. And will he answer us? Yes. In his own way, but yes. Don't expect, you know, in your bedroom an audible voice. But what happened as I prayed is that I came to an invincible assurance. My heart went from having faith to having assurance. Uh, you, faith, assurance is obviously much, much higher. I was absolutely certain now that Jesus was the only way because he made me certain. I, I had the Bible open and praying and said, Lord, I need to know. I need to be certain that you are indeed who you say you are. And he gave me a certainty that I've never lost. The third thing that I struggled with was the person of the Holy Spirit. I heard Charles Stanley actually preach on the Holy Spirit and I thought, what in the world is he talking about? Who is the Holy Spirit? And what we tend to think is that the Holy Spirit is just God's spirit, kind of like we have a spirit. But that's not what Charles Stanley said. He said the Holy Spirit is a person, just like Jesus is a person, and God the Father is a person, so the Holy Spirit is a person. I, I was greatly troubled by that. But as I used to walk around, there's a circle in my old neighborhood, uh, and I used to walk it at night. And I said, Lord, I want to know the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is the one who animates me as a Christian and gives me life and makes me to grow in grace, I need to know who the Holy Spirit is. And I came to know the Holy Spirit by prayer. 
that he too is a person like Jesus. So I resolved these things early on in my Christian walk, but I want you to see that becoming a Christian doesn't mean everything gets easy. You continue to struggle. These are the things I struggled with. There's another thing. I need to wrap this up, but there's another thing that happened to me when I was 16. Now, I've told you 13, 15, 16. What do you think happened to me at 16? Duncan? That's it. I began to sense the call to the ministry. I was always bothering. I went to public schools. I don't think anyone, no one here goes to public schools. But I went to public schools. And let me tell you, there are not many Christians there. I would say in a a high school of maybe 2,000 students, there were maybe 10. I'm not even kidding. Uh, So I stood out like a sore thumb. And I was always troubling people with my religion. And uh, the boys didn't like me and the girls really didn't like me. And that's fine because, you know who you're going to marry in, in, uh, in high school. Um, so, uh, but I was not a popular person. And uh, it was because I was talking about scripture constantly. Uh, I was, I, I told you I had Muslim friends, for instance. Uh, and I wanted them to know Jesus too. But I began to sense the call to the ministry. This was another inward conviction that God gave me that never left. That never left. Uh, so that's another crucial part of my story. Notice what I'm emphasizing uh, here, by the way, in my testimony. It's the early years. How it is I came to become a Christian. And what, what are some of the remarkable occurrences early on. Your story might be much, much more uh, ordinary. And that's fine. But the session will need to hear that you know who Jesus is. And you know what the Christian life is about. Some of the struggles that you've faced. And that you've experienced God's deliverance. Salvation is God delivering you out of sin. Do you know anything about that? Have you experienced his deliverance? And so God called me to the ministry at 16, and I would say from there the rest is history. I don't, I don't think I, I need to get into uh, other things that have happened. I've pretty much been focused on that ever since. I went to college, I went to seminary, I came here. That's been my, my focus ever since then. But I want you to know that as a minister, I am a Christian I also want you to notice how much of the five vows are present in what I just said. Okay? I told you, number five, that I came to love the church. I, came, I told you that I left my sin by the power of Christ, number four. I told you that I came to know him as my Savior, number three. I told you that I, I needed to know who the Holy Spirit was, number, number two. And I needed to be sure that God's word was really God's word, number one. So pour over those five questions and ask yourself, do I know anything about this? Do I, (coughs) in my experience, can I give a real answer to these questions? And has God given me a conviction about them? Have I wrestled over these things? All I have ever wanted as a Christian, this is the last point in my notes, all I've ever wanted is for someone to give me the Bible and to tell me about Jesus. And that's why we have the church We have the church so that the Bible might be opened and explained to us and so that someone, the pastor, can tell us about Jesus. And also, I would add, I I always realized I needed someone to help me to live the Christian life because it was so hard and I had so many questions. Again, that's what a good church will offer to you. Let me also emphasize to you, children, that I still need those things. You never outgrow your need for Jesus, your need for the Bible, your need for your fellow Christian to help you to grow as a Christian. You will struggle with sin. You will have your questions. Uh, you will have your doubts.
Uh, but these are the things which you can find in the church and which you can't really find elsewhere. Help in all of those. So there is my profession of faith. Um, as I said, the five questions. That's, that's where you need to look in your life and see, uh, do you know? It's do you, do you, do you believe the Bible is the word of God and containing the only perfect and true doctrine of salvation? Do you believe in the living and true God in whom there are three persons, God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is your only Savior? Number three, uh, read those five and, and see if your experience matches up with that. That's what a testimony is, or that's what professing faith is. Professing, professing faith is saying, I am a Christian. Not, I know what a Christian is, I can explain one to you. But in explaining what a Christian is, I'm explaining myself. That's what professing faith is. So, when you feel as though God has made you a Christian, and that you've made a little bit of progress in the Christian life, and wrestled over some of these things, then it's time to say to your parents, I want to profess faith to the church. I want to profess faith to the elders. I want to stand before the church and say, I believe all these things. Because God has given me a belief about these things. I didn't used to, but now I believe them. By grace, I've been saved. Uh, I was blind, but now I see. Who said that? Paul. No, John Newton, remember? Well, I think Paul said that too. But in the, in the hymn, Amazing Grace, I was blind, but now I see. So, uh, that's, you see, he's saying, I, I was blind, but now I see. That's his personal testimony, and that, that should be your testimony as well. Uh, but remember, you can't decide to be a Christian. God has to make you one. And if you don't know if you are, you need to talk to him. All right. Any questions? That's it. That's the class. Let's pray. And you guys can talk to me anytime you want. Always remember that. I, one of the reasons I'm doing this class is so you think that I'm not some distant guy in the pulpit, but that I, ha- I am your pastor too, uh, which means I'm your friend. And I want you to look at me that way. All right. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the children. We ask you that you might enable them in the right time to profess faith because they've experienced grace. And so bring your grace into their lives, we humbly pray, in such a remarkable and unmistakable way that they could say, I, I am Jesus and he is mine. Uh, and uh, I belong to him and so he belongs to me. He is my Savior. Uh, and we pray this in your name. Oh, amen.